Hi everyone, I'm Leah Palgard, and I am going to be reading out of Colossians 1, 9 to 10 today. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Hi, everybody. Good to be with you. Uh, if you haven't heard me say this before, uh, my name is Luke. I'm on our pastoral team, and it's nice to kind of meet you. I hope to meet you in person at some point, but uh, I'll be sharing the word today. I'll be sharing from the scriptures um, we're in this series called uh, Essentials, and we've been in this subseries on the Holy Spirit, and we're going to conclude that subseries today. Last year, uh, a handful of us on the team, uh, we set up portable workstations in our church sanctuary, spreading out around the room in a kind of physically distant uh, communal office. And we didn't really take that time for granted together because even though uh, it was familiar faces, repetitive faces. They were at least live faces. Of course, there did come times when we needed to focus on things like online meetings, and we had to tune uh, one another out, which is why some invested in noise-canceling headphones. And as you can imagine, getting somebody's attention across the room uh, became creative. It started with hand-waving, and then maybe walking over and eventually turned into uh, even tossing the odd object uh, across the room. And sometimes we simply had to wait uh, before cluttering their world with our, our interjections. They had become these true masters of noise cancellation. And speaking of clutter, uh, there's been a fair amount of research done in recent years about noise pollution. I remember an article uh, from a scientist a few years ago who spent hours recording uh, the soundscape with the deep wilderness only to discover how pervasive our urban commotion really was, capturing even just a few moments of uninterrupted natural sound was rare because of airplanes and, and other distant and yet resonant intrusions. And then, of course, there's visual noise, isn't there? The cacophony of, of images that, that we're bombarded with through advertisements or entertainment or social media. And these days, all three of those things are, are actually rolled into one a lot of the time. We're only just beginning to take seriously the dangers of screen addiction and the need for finding uh, healthy rhythms. Are we in danger of amusing ourselves to death, as some have argued? It seems that we could all do with a little bit more noise cancellation now and then. In the passage that we heard from Leah just a moment ago, Paul tells his listeners that he's been praying that God would give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding so that their lives would be filled with good fruit and they'd get to know God better. Paul doesn't really go into detail here about how we are filled with such wisdom and understanding. 
but we can look around the rest of Scripture for clues. And the sense is that the ways of being filled with God's wisdom, or we could say the ways of listening to God, are distinct and yet also interconnected. There's not really an equation so much as an invitation to let the voice of the Holy Spirit fill our entire lives through varied channels. Over the last two weeks, Dave shared on the invitation of the Spirit to us and the intercession of the Spirit through us. And as we conclude our sub-series on the Holy Spirit today, we're gonna to move from invitation to intercession to a bit more of our part, which is inclination. In other words, what are the postures to take in order to hear the guiding voice of the Holy Spirit? How can we hear so that we're filled with wisdom and understanding, producing fruit, getting to know God better and better? As we look back through Christian history, I think there's, there's probably three reoccurring ways which stand out when hoping to hear the speech of the Holy Spirit, both communally and personally. And they all have to do with giving our attention to a particular voice. We can give our attention to the voice of Holy Scripture, the voice of Holy Community, and the voice of, of Holy Silence. Let's take that first thought of giving our attention to the voice of Holy Scripture. For some, God is, is a nice idea, but not all that practical, as if we've been left to our own devices to sort God and ourselves out. And we're lucky now and then if we get a mysterious nudge in this or that direction. But for Christians, the ground of Holy Scripture stabilizes that really shaky thinking. Jesus is the practical work of God, given to humanity to touch, see, and handle, as we read in 1 John. Jesus is the body language of God, leaving little doubt about who God is and how God lives. And we have Holy Scripture as historical witness to Jesus on whom all other scriptural histories hinge. So the first place to go to hear the voice of the Spirit is the inspired scripture which centers on Jesus and points us towards God's vision of human flourishing. Narrative, poetry, parable, instruction, even what scholars literally call wisdom literature, it's all here in Holy Scripture to give voice to God's history with humanity heard definitively through the life of Jesus. So what does Scripture show us to help us in this present moment? How do we need and what do we need to take in in order to, to make a wise choice or to deal with a challenge? What does Scripture say in order to help us grow as human beings rather than shrink? And we might not get explicit advice about which job to take or which partner to choose or home to buy, but when a person or community needs direction, it helps a great deal to be as familiar as possible with Jesus and his words about wise living. That takes giving Jesus our attention through his word. Many times, hearing the voice of the Spirit, when we talk about God's will, 
has more to do with how we do things than what we do exactly. What I mean by that is when we're faced with a decision or, or just hearing God daily, we don't often need to be handed a kind of shopping list to tick off. Even if it can be daunting at times, we're quite capable of getting on with life since God has given us the intelligence to, to put flesh on the bones. What we need really is this daily song of scripture in our ears, bringing us into tune with how to go about what we go about doing. We need to hear Jesus' melodies about patience and kindness, about integrity and, and dignity and, and non-condemnation. And when we open the scriptures together in settings like this, or with our family, or life group, or alone in a quiet moment, we're giving our attention to the practical reality of God's voice in human history, which sheds light on how we might live today. And we're told in scripture itself that, that what we're handling isn't sterile or unable to render in a digital age, but is in fact dynamic and sharp. Holy scripture cuts through the noise and it can cut through us if we'll only give it our attention as a community and as an individual person. Quite simply, if we're wondering what God would say about something to us today, it helps to start by asking, well, what has God said already? That leads to our second thought, giving our attention to the voice of holy community. One of the things that a pandemic has taught us is that you don't know what you've got until it's gone. How grateful were we prior to the pandemic for the life of the community informing our personal lives? How dependent were we, without even knowing it, on the daily brushing up against one another, shaping and forming us? Another pastor in Fort Langley recently pointed out to me that in a way we all have sharp edges, and that's fine. It's good to have edges, to have a personality, to have a way of seeing the world. We all have sharp edges. But at times this year, our distance from one another has filed those edges into blades. And that really hit home to me as we're noticing that we don't just need one another because it's nice to sing or socialize. We need each other to round out some of those edges so that they're sharp, but they don't cut. They're not blades. Or to show one another Jesus' way when my way can so easily go off the rails. In today's, what we'd call hyper-individualistic climate, we can sometimes rate our individual experience more highly than a communal experience. But if our lives really are tied up with Jesus and therefore are tied up with Jesus' body, that is with one another, if that's the truth, we should put as much, if not more, stock in the voice of the Spirit in the community as we do in our own individual experiences. Listening back to Kirsten's recent teaching on the gifts of the Spirit might remind us of that. This body has a voice, and part of hearing God is hearing from one another. And what I mean by that, I think, is that when it comes to hearing the Spirit's voice, for guidance and for direction, even correction, 
the holy community of believers around us is present and able to speak for God. That might sound a bit strange at first, but when we put it like that, it's clear how prayerful and careful we must be when speaking with one another, when speaking together. But that's what the Spirit on all people means for a church like ours. If we're not giving our attention to the voice of the community, to be present, to listen in life groups or friendships or teaching, we may not hear God fully. Or I dare say, sometimes we may not hear God at all. As God said in Genesis about the first human being, it's not good to be alone. So very often, we don't need more solos from ourselves. We don't need more individualistic experience. We need a choir. We need to be hearing a choir so that we're filling out all the parts that we don't know how to sing. We could say that the holy community has the potential to voice Jesus in stereo. So that takes some, some turning up on our part and some tuning in on our part. And that's why we do take moments in our services as a community, like we have done today, where we recognize things like International Refugee Day or National Indigenous Day. At least part of being the church is listening to those around us and among us with a story to share and asking what we think the Spirit is saying to us as we listen to one another. Maybe we do that in life groups or in friendships or in families, but there's lots of ways to do it. Our life groups have been doing that throughout the pandemic. And I think we wanna say increasingly to our life group leaders, thank you for how you're facilitating the opportunities for our community to listen to one another. You've done an incredible job. You've made it possible through a pandemic for us to hear God in stereo together through the lives and voices of one another. So we give our attention, as we've already heard, to the voice of Holy Scripture, to the voice of Holy Community, and finally, to the voice of Holy Silence. And that picture of noise cancellation again comes to mind. One of the most I think relatable things that Jesus did was this habit that he had of slipping away for a bit of peace and quiet to check in with his father. It's a mysterious rhythm that we read about in the Gospels, and yet Jesus is often disappearing in the night or in the early morning to tune in to a kind of frequency and be refreshed. And Christians for centuries have followed his example and that's actually a really beautiful picture for us even on Father's Day. It's not complicated to do that kind of thing, to follow Jesus' example, to, to slip away for a bit of peace and quiet. It's not complicated, but as anyone who's, who's taken personal prayer seriously can attest, it's often not that easy either. All we're doing, however, is we're just giving Jesus the chance to get at us. We're turning down the volume of other voices. And we're laying our, our heads on Jesus' chest to hear a heartbeat which brings us back into rhythm. In 2 Peter, we hear that with God, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is, is like a day. So here's a question. Even if we give God just a few moments while walking outside or resting in a chair or kneeling at our bedside, what 
might God do with that time? Maybe God will do more with that time than we think is possible in our time-bound constructs. I won't tell you who, but one member of our pastoral team spends time alone with God each morning in a hot tub. You can take your guess at who that is. Try not to picture it, but you can take your guess. And I was speaking actually just the other day with a friend who, who takes cold showers each morning, and he calls the showers in that moment, bracing as they are, his prayer closet. Well, we could be in hot water or we could be in cold water, but it's in those simple moments that we're giving God the chance to refresh us and resource us. The point is, silence is the voice that we must go looking for, as Jesus did, and not to worry too much about the other voices because we know that they're gonna come calling sooner or later. What will we hear in the silence? It might take some nerve to say to ourselves, enough from me for a few moments. I'm going to shut up now in order to hear something real, something true, something hopeful. And we might not hear anything at all, which we shouldn't really be worried about. As we know about intimate relationships, human to human, a lack of speaking doesn't always mean a lack of intimacy. Sometimes shared silence is just about being present to the person that you're with. And I think that's what a good long hug is, which many of us are longing for more of in the coming weeks and months. What is a good long hug? It, the longer it goes and the quieter it gets, the more we feel tempted to pull away and break the silence. And is that because we're not very comfortable with that kind of present, quiet intimacy? where nothing needs to be said. Is there any way in prayer that we could resist not pulling away too soon or breaking the silence found in moments like that with Jesus? So as we kind of conclude our sub-series on the Spirit with our, within our broader essential series, those are, are three, I think, prayerful ways that we can hear the direction of the Spirit both personally and communally. What has God said already to help us today? How can we turn up and tune in to Jesus in stereo through the life of the church? And if silence is the voice that we must go looking for, how can we prioritize noise cancellation? As we re-enter our shared worlds more physically in the coming months, I think we have a real chance in this window to check in with those ways of giving our attention to Jesus. And when we do, I suspect we'll be encouraged to find that Jesus' attention is never something that we have to go looking for. It's never something that, that we have to compete for or try and attract. After all, that is the promise of Jesus to us, isn't it? His spirit, God's eternally undistracted presence in the depths of our being. That's what Jesus says to us. We read it in scripture. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. 